three grand a month renting out scooters part-time. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. It's the business podcast you can actually apply. I love me a good rental business. Buy something once, get paid for it over and over again. It's a cool model and my guest today has a really creative approach to it in the mobility scooter niche, building it to three grand a month in his spare time from lamobilityscooterrentals.com. And there's an exact match domain. Lenny Tim, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Thank you so much, Nick. Very happy to be here. You bet. So Lenny's a serial uh, side hustler, serial entrepreneur involved in the e-com space, involved in the YouTube space. You can check out his channel over there. It's The Struggling Entrepreneur. We'll link it up in the show notes. But stick around in this episode to learn how Lenny discovered his niche, how he found his first customers, and how he's grown and expanded his uh, fleet of scooters and the operations surrounding that. If you like this model, I've got a listener-only bonus for you this week. It's my list of 25 other unconventional rental ideas. These are other products people are renting out for a profit. You can download that for free at the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Lenny, or just follow the show notes link in the episode description. But Lenny, I want to start with the kind of demand validation phase, because you went about it in an interesting way. It wasn't like, hey, I've got these things sitting in my garage. Let's see if anybody would rent them. It was like, no, let's see if anybody wants to rent these things first and then go out and find the actual inventory for it. Can you talk me through that process a little bit? When I came up with the idea, it was back in 2019. My first thing was to just uh, build a website just to see if there's a demand. Uh, I wanted to see if there's a demand for these scooter rentals. I didn't go out to buy any equipment. I didn't do anything like that. So that's pretty much how I started, just to build out a really nice website, just to see if I'm getting customers, if people are going to call, if people are going to make any requests before I actually go out and buy anything or commit to the business. Okay, so you put this thing up, send it out into the um, into the abyss of the internet. Does anything start to come back, or at what point do you start to get inquiries for them? I started getting requests pretty quickly. Within a few months, maybe within six months, people started calling. I started getting emails for requests, and I think that I just didn't have that much competition. And I think I built a pretty good website. So I looked at my competitors, and I just tried to do it better. And I think I just ranked. I ranked pretty quickly. And yeah, it started taking off uh, fairly fast. Did you do anything specifically on the SEO front to build backlinks, to build the Google business profile, to do anything other, other than just having like the exact, you know, what somebody might be searching for in the URL and then in the content on the site itself? Well, first of all, the name, LA Mobility Scooter Rental. So I tried to get a domain that's going to, you know, match, I guess, search pretty, pretty good. I didn't really do anything special. I don't know much about SEO. I just uh, built a website. I did as much backend SEO as I could. Um, whatever they asked me to fill out, I filled it all in. You know, mobility scooter rentals, mobility scooters, all that kind of stuff. Put some good pictures, uh, put up as much info as I could. I'm pretty sure I, you know, opened up a uh, Google My Business page right away. And I may have did the Yelp as well at the same time, but that's pretty much it. That's Everything, that's all I did from the beginning. I may have gotten into, to be honest, into some Fiverr gigs. I'm going to be honest here. I think I tried to maybe get some backlinks from from there. Um, I don't know if it works. I hear mostly bad things about it. And I don't know if it made things better or worse. But I probably did a little bit of that. And um, that's pretty much it. What did you build the site in? Uh, GoDaddy. So it was GoDaddy Website Builder. 
and they had that SEO optimization thing. So I just kind of followed that. And uh, for me, it was very easy to use, like super intuitive. Okay. So I, lo- I like this idea of, well, I'm going to put it out there and see what kind of reaction it gets. And then kind of crickets for a few months. Like I'm going to you know, follow all the best practices and totally with you on the Fiverr backlink. Like definitely tread carefully over there because you wouldn't want a bunch of people pointing, you know, low quality or spam links back to your site. Even if they, you know, they promised me a thousand backlinks for $5. Like, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But it didn't seem necessarily to hurt you in this case. But uh, so a few months go by and you start to get phone calls, like people are filling out the contact form. It's primarily for like travelers and tourists coming to LA and say, hi, I need this while I'm in town for the week. That's kind of the, the target customer base. So I would say, yeah, I would say it's mostly travelers, tourists that come in and they want to get a scooter for whatever they're doing. Um, because most of the, most of my rentals are two hotels. I would say, yeah, that would be the majority of people that are just traveling, coming in. Um, maybe they're a little older, they're sightseeing, um, stuff like that. But there's also a lot of other customers, a lot of, um, industry people. There's, uh, movie productions. They rent scooters. Uh, what else is there? There's, you know, just all sorts of things, I think, um, honestly. So the the hotels will have a guest coming in and then they'll, the, the guest will request the thing and they're like, well, we don't have that. Let's see if anybody nearby would rent us one and then they reach out to you. Yeah, usually the, the, the guest would, you know, reach out to me beforehand. They would book it. And they're like, we're coming into the hotel on so-and-so date. Um, we'd like a scooter. Got, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So not the hotel isn't necessarily the customer. That's kind of where you're delivering it. Exactly. To. I'm just delivering it to the hotel. Sometimes they probably ask the hotel to call because sometimes hotels do call, but usually it's for a customer. Um, but otherwise, the customer, the person calls themselves and books it. Gotcha. And there were a few other people doing this when he started in 2019, building out the site. So there was some level of demand validation already out there. Some other people are doing this as a business. But what... I mean, what a random niche. And I think it's a great example of just the things like, okay, it's kind of a high ticket item. It's really big and bulky to try and travel with. Uh, so it checks a lot of boxes from that standpoint. But just, did you have a family member who needed one? Like, just I'm curious how, what your research process was like. Yeah, I'd love to uh, tell the story, actually. Well, the way I came across this, this, you know, this business in 2019, me and a friend of mine, he was getting into another equipment rental business. And I think he was just starting out and he's like, hey, let's try to find some other stuff, some other equipment that we can, you know, do another business, maybe another business. And I'm a very big researcher. I love finding new things and like seeing what's out there. And uh, I came up with a big list. And one of them was mobility scooters. I thought, wow, this is cool. You know, um, probably not very common. You know, not a lot of people think about it. So I'm like, maybe there's not much competition. You know, I put it on the list. I thought you can get pretty good rental rate out of it. It wasn't like very low money there, like pretty good money. Um, not difficult to manage. They're not huge. They're not tiny. Um, they're not very expensive. So the investment is fairly low. So I thought it was a great idea, something to definitely look into. And we kind of discussed it. And then actually before this, I think why maybe it came into my mind my girlfriend's mom actually came into town and this was probably even a couple of years before, before I came up with the idea. He rented a scooter, but at that time I didn't think anything of it. But I think when I was thinking of ideas, I remembered, Hey, she rented a scooter. When she came into town, we were going places. I was putting it in the back of the car. 
and maybe that's why I thought of it all, you know? So that's how I came up with the idea. And me and my friend were just like talking about it. And I'm like, let me just start a website. Um, I think it's a pretty good idea. I knew exactly how I was going to do it. it. It was just very simple for me. It was very obvious. There weren't a lot of variables there. I'm like, I can build this website in like an hour. Very easy to understand the the scope and the business. And I just went ahead and built the website and to try to, to try to see if there's demand. And do you remember from that initial potential niche list, any other products that you considered going into? Construction equipment was a big one. For example, I think scissor lifts, maybe forklifts, right? Um, things like that. Maybe party equipment, tables and chairs, just specific niche, niche stuff like that. Yeah. A, f- a friend's uh, rented a, like a nacho cheese fountain for their wedding. <laughs> it's like, well, hey, you know, this is a random one-off type of thing. But yeah, the party supply niche, we had a guy on the show years ago who was doing you know, inflatables like for kids' birthday parties and stuff. We had another guest, Steve Nadramia, who was doing portable hot tub rentals, like one of the most creative businesses that I came across. I thought that was really cool. There was a company, I think Baby Quip is called, like it was specifically in the baby strollers and pack and plays and other stuff that parents might need when they're traveling, maybe even car seats. I mean, there's probably some liability around that, but there's, you know, a few different niches, especially catering to travelers. Like what is a pain? What's going to be a pain to bring with you that you might want to get at your destination? And even in like the sporting niche, like, well, if I want to, you know, rent a bike while I'm there, or I want to rent skis while I'm there, it's kind of going. And then, forklifts would be just thinking about the storage logistics on that. I mean, like United rentals is huge. And I remember having to go and rent like this giant 40 foot ladder to get up to the third story of some house we were painting in college. And they put it on my truck with a forklift. I'm like, that's cool. But how how are we going to get it off when we get to the job site? And it's like this massive fiberglass thing. It weighed a ton, but um, yeah, lots of different niches there. And then going into the website building process, you have no scooter at this point, but now you're starting to get people uh, messaging you about renting it when they come into town. Exactly. You know, I just had the website. I was getting requests and I was waiting until I felt comfortable until there was enough demand for me to jump into the business. I'm like, I'll do it if there's good, consistent demand. Once I get there, once I get those kinds of requests, I'll go, I'll get some scooters and I'll start doing it. Did you have a metric in mind? Well, if I get five requests a month, then I'm doing it or something like that. Uh, probably more than that. Yeah. I definitely had something in mind where I would want to make decent money and I, it would probably have to be several requests a day. I I think that's where, yeah, an average, that's probably what I was looking for at the time where it's worth it because I, I wanted it to be worth it for me. You know what I mean? Based on like the certain things that you mentioned earlier, like certain equipment, some of it is a low price and I'm like, is it really worth it to, you know, go out there and you know, deliver something for $30 a day type of thing. So I was, I wanted it to be where it was worth, you know, the daily rate was good and I was going to get several consistent like rentals all the time. So, and you would just tell these people, uh, sorry, we're, we're booked up or we don't have availability right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very simple. You just say, I'm sorry, we, we, you know, we're, we're booked on that date or we don't service your area or we don't have the equipment that you need. And that's, that's all you have to do. Yeah. This is, I mean, my, you got my gears turning on, you know, spinning up some pretty quick local websites around 
you know, any number of different niches just to see, okay, what is going to stick and what starts to get inquiries and then going out and start to fulfill those needs. So a couple questions. Well, let's, let's tackle the, the pricing question first is like, how do you figure out how much to charge for this thing? Okay. So I looked at my competitors and they, they have, usually it's a daily rate and then a weekly rate and then a monthly rate. So that's typically how they do it. I just looked at what they were charging and I think I probably started, I listed those prices and I kind of estimated that that's what I was going to charge, but it wasn't that much. I was like, man, this is not that, it's not that enticing. So long story short, I basically charge, I would say the highest prices out of my competition. Yeah. Cause you've got the, I mean, you've got the brand, you are the LA mobility scooter rentals.com guy, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm going to command a premium price for that. What is that? look like today in terms of the daily, weekly, monthly price? Sure. So daily, I typically estimate it's basically a $75 a day and I always add a delivery pickup fee. So I only do delivery and pickup where I bring it to them and I go pick it up from them. They don't come to me or anything like that. I don't have a storefront. I just do it straight up out of my car. Right. And it's $75 a day and I charge at least $75 on top of that, no matter what, that's basically delivery. And that's when it's pretty close, pretty local, maybe within five miles. And then I'll bump it up to 150 for delivery and pickup if it's maybe like over 10 miles, somewhere around there. So, but I generally, I don't do one day rentals. I try to keep it like a three day minimum. Um, so it would be three days would be what, 225 plus uh, 75 bucks if it's a local delivery. And that's a three day rental. What is it? 300 bucks. Usually I try to go into a, a week, which is four days to seven days four days to a week is basically the same price. It's $249 plus a uh, delivery pickup fee. So it'll be $249 plus $75. Or if it's a little farther from me, I'll bump it up to $150. And all that is negotiable. You know what I mean? Like if I feel like it's a good customer or it's very easy for me or sometimes they ask for a discount, I can always work with them. But that's my base price. And it's uh, $500 for the month plus delivery pickup. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, how much do these things cost? And so you finally say, okay, look, I've got an, I've got a critical mass of demand asking me to rent these things. I'm finally going to go out and buy one. What do they, what do they cost? Yeah. So a brand new scooter, the ones that I'm using and I'm using uh, pride. So they're really good brand, very good scooters. I would recommend that them, um, a brand new one is about 1500 bucks right now, a little less, a little more, but I actually bought mine used and I look for about 500 bucks. I go on Facebook Marketplace or any other local marketplace, and I'm looking to get it for about 500 bucks. So as you can you know, see, I pretty much get my money back within one, two, three rentals. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, if it's 250 a week plus 75 delivery, like a couple of weeks later, I'm, um, I'm in the black on this, uh, on this unit. And how, many, uh, how many do you have at this point? Right now, I only have seven. So you say I, only. I mean, that's, like, yeah. that's well, a pretty serious uh, fleet. Yeah, it's not bad. I have seven right now and I, you know, I make it work. I could definitely have a lot more, but I just, I don't, I keep it completely aside, um, side business, you know? Yeah. So they're pretty bulky. So you have a storage unit or you keep them in the garage. It's going to take up like a decent chunk of space. Yeah. I actually have, luckily, uh, I live in a, in a apartment building and we actually have storage units that we can use. So in the parking area, I can rent out a storage unit and they're like five by five. 
So luckily I have it right there. Uh, it's like right next to my parking spot. And I keep, uh, I have two storage units and I keep my scooters there and I could shove five of them in one. And then I have a couple in the other. And does it fit in the back of an, an SUV or how do you deliver them? So we have an SUV. Um, that's the car that we started with and I can put two. I actually got three um, in there one time, but I don't recommend it. I don't, it's, I have to uh, disassemble the scooters and kind of like shove them in there, but uh, two is fine. I could put two in the back and then um, my other car, I just throw one in the trunk and that's how I do it. I just put in the trunk of my car and I just uh, deliver it uh, that way. Yeah. That's the other consideration here. I remember our bounce house rental guest was, well, I started out with my Civic or my Accord, basically. I had to get this little trailer attachment thing because it was, you know, a 400 pound inflatable and it was, yeah, something to consider. And Steve, the hot tub guy, was like, yeah, you know, just kind of stick it in the back of the truck. And that's, you know, how it, he had to make it work. But, you know, a bigger vehicle would be required to deliver um, some of this bigger, uh, bigger items. But that's really cool. Like this, this ROI pencils out a lot faster than a traditional uh, rental house where it's like, yeah, I can break, break even on my entire purchase cost within just a couple rentals and uh, I'm off to the races. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Walk me through a a day in the life or a, a week in the life, if there is such a thing, trying to manage the inventory flow and the pickups and the drop-offs. And uh, I don't know, is there such a thing? Well, I keep it very simple, to be honest. Uh, it's not that demanding. Some weeks are are busier than others. I uh, have more rentals. So a customer 
you know, they call or they email. They're like, hey, I need a scooter. I'm coming in on so-and-so. I'm going to stay at this hotel. Um, and I'm like, okay, delivery day, delivery time, uh, location. Um, I have the scooter. Boom, they book it. And, you know, I have them sign a, a rental agreement. It just, you know, has a bunch of information, like their responsibilities, uh, mine, and a little bit of that, like, you know, uh, liability language. And they sign the rental agreement. And that's pretty much it. The time comes, you know, I grab the scooter, throw it in my trunk. I drive it over it. Usually it's a hotel. I leave it with front desk. I'll put a little tag uh, with the with the guest's name, with the customer's name on it. Okay. Just in case. And I just drop it off with front desk. They always take it. They put it like where they put the luggage and that's it. I just drop it there. And let's say a week later, uh, and I tell the customer, I'm like, hey, just drop it off with them when you're done. And a week later, I go pick it up. So it's pretty simple. Uh, uh, people call me, they email me, I book the rental, I rental agreement, payment request. And the, the rental agreement is like an online you know, checkbox or DocuSign or something? It's a PDF. I send them a PDF that they can sign. So they just put their name, billing address, and uh, a signature, basically. And they send it back to me. Okay. And how are you processing the payments? So I was doing it through PayPal, honestly, for a little while. Uh, when I started, that was funny. My first rental, I'm like, I had to do it quickly. And I actually did my personal PayPal account. But I use uh, Square now. Okay. So I just uh, create an invoice and I send them a payment request and I charge up front and that's it. Okay. So that's done kind of in advance of delivering the thing, like the, both the agreement and then the payment. I guess it's similar to, you know, rental car. I'm going to reserve the rental car. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I charge them up front. And what's cool about this, because we talked about people doing the Turo business too. It's like, I got to go, somebody wants to rent my car. They're coming into the airport. So I go take the car to the airport and now I got to take an Uber home because I left, I gave them my car at the airport. It's like, no, I could still take my car home because I just dropped off the scooter instead. Uh, so that's a little bit more uh, attractive to me or like fewer, fewer moving parts in that sense. So that's cool. On the liability insurance side of things, I, I guess, you know, dealing with people with mobility issues, like if the scooter breaks down, I don't know how common that would be, but like, uh, is, is that a factor here? So that was definitely my my thought getting into this business. So that's, um, I guess, a naturally anxious person. And that's exactly what I think about sometimes. So there are pros and cons with every business, every piece of equipment. Um, I do think about, I worry about them uh, giving me a call in the middle of the night. Hey, my scooter broke down or something's wrong. Come and fix it. Come and uh, take care of it. But luckily, that's that's just mostly in my in my mind um that doesn't usually happen i mean it's happened once or twice where um the battery is was kind of faulty and the scooter wasn't running that well but i was able to you know take care of it nobody was upset nobody was stuck anywhere uh they gave me a call i uh brought them a new scooter i swapped it out yeah i mean luckily there's really not that much uh not that much issue that that goes on these are really good scooters there's not that much that can go wrong like i said i definitely was thinking about these things like, hey, what if something goes wrong, right? These people are out riding in the middle of, you know, who knows where. Yeah, they're, go they're going down uh, Hollywood Boulevard or they're going to do the Walk of Fame or something. <laughs> what if it fails in the middle of the thing, you know? But 
a lot of times people, they don't really necessarily go far. They go with family. Uh, they go in a car. They go with somebody else. And they go, you know, maybe they don't necessarily, you know, venture out on their own, like, really far or anything like that. So usually I think uh, every it, it works out. It, there's really no, haven't really had any any issues like that. I have thought about the liability of the of the business. And there's always that question. You know, these are maybe older people, right? They might have mobility issues and you're renting them a mobility scooter. Um but again, you know, it's like you overthink it. Um, there's mobility scooter rental companies that have existed forever uh, and they're doing just fine. And that's kind of how I look at it. All these businesses that you think, well, what about the liability? Because you always want to think about that. But there's a ton of companies that have been doing it forever. So and they're OK. I've always been surprised how inexpensive a general liability policy would be. or even, I don't know if it would be like a product liability policy in this case, but something like that. Is that something that you carry for the business? Uh, I have, yeah, business insurance is general liability, but I don't have anything beyond that. I have a, uh, like I said, a rental agreement. And again, I know that that's not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean much legally, but it's just, it lets the customer know that, you know, this is serious. At least, you know, they take responsibility also for the scooter. Okay. Like a general liability policy, that makes sense. Protect yourself. Put that rental agreement up front. Like just, you know, treat it seriously. Make it look Make it look legit because it is legit. I was going to ask, so most people are finding you through Googling, you know, LA Mobility Scooter Rental and you're like, hey, you know, pops up there. Did you do anything specific with the Google business listing or with Yelp, either, you know, posting updates there or soliciting reviews or adding images? Or I like the the whole world of, of local SEO is it's quite fascinating, like all of the different little tweaks and levers that you can pull. Yeah, no, I'm definitely fascinated with SEO and I'm always looking for ways to improve things. But uh, the Google My Business page, I think that's probably the main thing. And I filled out as much as I could. Um, I put up some pictures, some great descriptions, filled out, you know, everything that I could uh, on the profile. And yes, I definitely did solicit some reviews from, you know, my first customers, some friends, family. And I think that's important. I definitely, you know, focused on that. And I think that definitely helped. Uh, get my business out there. So that's, I think that's very important. Yelp, I just, uh, I wouldn't say that's a uh, a big factor for me, but it's still there and I still get some requests for there, but I'm not focused that much on it. I would say Google my business and just, uh, I was able to, to rank. I want to say hopefully, cause I did a pretty good website. The current competitors, they're a little bit um, old school and they don't have, they did not invest so much in their online presence. So the websites are a little bit um, older. I don't think they're as optimized. So I think with me building a pretty nice um, new modern website, uh, I was able to just outrank them pretty easily. Yeah, it's a good looking site. And this is kind of echoes what Nick Huber has said, like, well, who do you want to compete with? Do you want to compete against the you know brick and mortar you know, blue-collar service-based businesses that are operating with websites that look like they're 20 years old, or you want to compete against Silicon Valley engineers who are, you know, using AI to produce this stuff. Like, uh, I'm going to go for the lower competition um, business model every time. And same thing, uh, Johnny Robinson was doing the window washing business in college and had built it to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It's like super go-getter. And what he mentioned was, you know, once you have that online presence nailed down, so much of the branding happens online. It's your website, it's your reviews, it's your photos, that as long as you show up and provide a good service, people are already impressed with you. Like they felt that they were making a savvy decision because they went with the company that looked good, 
uh, you know, on their digital presence. And that's kind of the box that you're, you're checking here. So that makes, um, yep. makes a lot of sense. As you have like different tabs about your scooters, you have the, you know, the explore LA tab, just some content that says, you know, it's about the scooters, but it's also like about LA, like trying to cross pollinate, like, this is what we are. This is where we do it. Like trying to just say, you know, here it is. And then the number that's on the site, is this, is this Google Voice? Is this just ring your personal cell? Like what happens if somebody calls this number? Uh, yeah, that number goes through. I have a, uh, I think it's talk route. So it's like a phone number service and it does, it's an app and it goes basically directly to my phone and it also has a voicemail box. And I think the voicemail also pops up into the email. So basically, you know, there's like a transcript. So I just, uh, I, I use that app uh, for the phone number. Yeah, and it goes straight to my phone. Are there any upsell opportunities for somebody coming into town who needs this thing? Like when you go to rent a car, they're like, "Do you want the you know collision and damage waiver? <laughs> like, do you want do you want a car seat? Do you want like you know the other things that come with it? Do you want the you know toll tracker? Like, uh, just trying to increase that customer value as somebody comes through. Just trying to think of other ways to increase the average ticket here. I try to keep it simple and I try to not get into things that don't necessarily make a lot of a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Um, you can definitely do maybe small upgrades. I don't know, like a, like a charger, right? You can let them charge their phone or you can add like a canopy or something like that. Things like that. But those would be maybe 10, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And I think it's a lot more work for you right? To manage those things and to offer those things. And some people want them and some people don't. So I keep it simple. It's kind of like an 80, 20 rule. I just rent them the scooter and I get the most money for that. And I keep it very simple for me. I don't have to worry about accessories or any kind of additional add-ons because you just, I don't think it would add that much value, that much money to the rental. I don't think there's really anything you can offer um, with a mobility scooter that would make it much more lucrative. I was trying to check the Google uh, Google reviews for it, but it's defaulting to uh, Seattle area for me. Oh, there's a few people. This guy in Tacoma has got 43 reviews for the mobility equipment supplier. Yeah, <laughs> Just checking out the local competition here. Oh, this guy's only 3.9 stars. Like, here we go. I, there's an opportunity to come in and provide five-star service. Uh, on the review front, we've heard that um, you know, prioritizing the Google reviews over the Yelp reviews because Yelp, unless that customer is a habitual Yelp reviewer, is probably not going to get shown. He's like, oh, you know, yes, it's my first review and it's five stars. Like, ah, you know, we should try to game our system. But Google will take uh, almost all comers. It sounds like, is there a process in place after that rental is complete and after the customer is back home? It's like a follow-up email to say, hey, you know, hopefully it was a positive experience. If you wouldn't mind dropping in a review, curious if there's a process around that. Uh, yeah, in the beginning, if I, you know, if I had a good, um, good interaction, if I made a connection with the, with the customer, I may follow up with an email after. I'm like, hey, you know, thank you so much. Usually I'm very nice. It's all about customer service. And I may ask them, hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to help out or something like that, you can uh, leave a review here on Google or Yelp. And that's how I did it. But I don't do that anymore. I think I have enough at this point where I don't really follow up or anything like that. But I did a little bit in the beginning. Yeah, I've got your, I was able to <laughs> get away from the, you know, Seattle location tagging here. And yeah, 25 star reviews here on Google. So yeah, uh, that's fewer quantity 
than the competition, but greater quality. And so, yeah, it shows up as the top, as the top result. So that's great. Yeah, no, exactly. I was going to ask if there's a strategic partnership plan with the hotels. Like if people don't book this in advance, like, could you, you know, leave your card with the front desk and say, hey, um, if, if any of your guests ever need this service, like I'm here to help. It's there like, um, because we, th- we talk about the strategy of going towards those lead fountains who are going to be the steady stream of customers over and over again versus like trying to find one-off customers on the internet. There's a lot of opportunity to reach out and to solicit business and hotels is big. I thought about it. Again, I don't necessarily, I'm not focused on, you know, growing and expanding the business that much. I kind of like where it is now, but there's definitely so much opportunity for going out to hotels, approaching hotels, you know, letting them know, hey, if you have a uh, guest that is looking for a scooter, give us a call. Here's a little flyer or maybe even put a little flyer on your, you know, on the front desk uh, for people to see or anything like that. There's definitely a lot of opportunity. I did not really get into that because, like I said, I am pretty okay with how much business I have now. But if I do want to expand, which at some point I might, if I want to take it to the next level, you can definitely do that. You can um, get in touch with uh, with all these things. Hotels is, is great, but there's a lot of other customers. It's not just people traveling. We're in the middle of LA here and productions, you know, movie productions, they rent scooters and they probably rent them also for like props and um, different reasons, different different customers all the time. Yeah, that's that's such a cool. I just I'm fascinated by things that you can buy relatively inexpensively and still command a high, you know, rental rate on a weekly basis. I think it's really cool. Do you have an estimate of the average hours per week that you're putting into it right now? It varies. I think the majority of the work is just driving, you know, delivering and picking up and. It's it's up and down, you know what I mean? Some weeks are, are are more than others, but I would say I have one delivery or pickup a day, maybe two once in a while, and it'll be maybe a few days. It won't it won't be every day. So I would say five hours, six hours, seven hours for, for the week. Uh, just because I, mean, I don't try, I try not to go that far. Um, so I keep it as local as possible. That's the job, you know, that's the request that I like to take. So yeah. yeah. So if somebody comes in like, hey, we're coming to for Disneyland or something. You're like, oh, I'm not going down to Orange County. I don't do that. There's a lot of uh, Disneyland guys down there, uh, rentals, and that's far from me. And I try to stay away from those one day rentals. It's just not worth it for me. So I try to go at least a three, four day. Um, that's my sweet spot. I like those four days to a week because you can get the most, but they're not get you know taking your scooter for that long of a time. So you get the best amount of ROI there, uh, rental rate there. And um yeah. So that's what I try to do. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. What surprised you the most over the last couple of years of running this thing? Um, to be honest, I don't know. I think um, that it's not that it shouldn't be that stressful. I like I said earlier, I think I'm kind of a stress, stressful person. I think, oh, they're going to call me something's wrong, but they don't. People usually don't have issues. They don't call me and I'm like, they're going to call me in the middle of the night. And no, like these people don't hang out in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? So I shouldn't worry about that. Um, nobody's going out in the middle of the night on their scooter. Um, so it's been pretty smooth. I think the most surprising thing is there's no issues and the customers, you, you get different types of customers. It's not just somebody with a mobility issue that's traveling. Um, it's different, different types of customers. 
I love that. We, we, we build up the fear in our heads of like, oh, you know, all of the worst case scenarios that, that could happen. And then when you're actually doing it, you're like, oh, okay, another rental down. I, everybody was happy. Like, okay, phew. Along those lines, like, have there been any horror stories, uh, so to speak, or just, you know, mistakes, things you would have done differently? No, I mean, I had maybe a couple of times people calling me saying something's wrong with the battery. It's cutting out or it's not going uphill very nicely. Uh, I think we need a new scooter. And they were very nice because I approached them very nice. Uh, customer service, I'm very patient, um, very, you know, I don't know, kind with them. And I, I people are not going to, I think because of that, people are not going to call screaming or anything or upset. They're like, hey, something's with the scooter. And I, I'm like, okay, I'll either bring you a new battery or a new, um, a new scooter. And when, you know, later that day or the next day, I did a couple of times, I just swapped out the scooter for them. And that's it. I mean, and they're happy. They're fine. Uh, never complained. And that's kind of the, that's the biggest thing that ever happened. Yeah, that's helpful to hear. It's like, okay, it's not, it's, it's not as scary as we maybe uh, make it out to be in our heads. But what's next for you? So you got the scooter business, you got the e-com business, you got the struggling entrepreneur YouTube channel. What's, uh, I mean, where do you want to take this thing? Well, it's a good business. And at some point I might expand. I might focus on it. But to be honest with you, I'm thinking of other equipment that I can get into, things that are bigger ticket, you can make more money out of, and uh, that are maybe bigger, you know, that could, that are more interesting and more uh, higher ticket. So I am right now always trying to find new ideas. And I'm actually working on some, some other stuff with, uh, with a friend of mine, we're trying to get into um, another equipment uh, rental business, actually. Oh, very good. Is the site live already? We can plug it for you. We're doing uh, generators, you know, those portable, uh, towable types of generators that, and we're still trying to figure out who the customer is, but it could be either, again, uh, movie productions or parties, right, or events where they need a generator somewhere out in the you know, there's no power and they need to power some equipment or whatever they're doing. And uh, it's LA generator rentals, just like LA mobility. Yeah. We keep it, you know, keep it simple. And uh, that's what we're working on right now. And we're just, just like the other business, we're trying to see where the demand is. And uh, we have a few generators. Uh, We don't have all of them uh, that are advertised. So we're starting with a few and we're, we're kind of going from there. And we, we, we've already had some, uh, some rentals going. So, yeah, I just, I, I love this idea of just, you know, putting something out there, seeing what kind of reaction it gets, seeing if people actually want the thing and then going out and buying the inventory for it. I think it's a really creative approach. So again, LA mobility scooter rentals.com. You can check Lenny out at the struggling entrepreneur. We'll link up his YouTube channel as well. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Sure. So I always uh, listen to these number one tips that everybody gives, and it's always hard to come up with something, but I'll keep it simple. Uh, Just like we talked about, you don't have to invest money up front. You don't have to buy a bunch of equipment or whatever it is you're doing, whatever business you're trying. Start with a minimum viable product, throw up a website, but make sure it's good. Invest in that and then see if you get demand. And you can do that for any business. I think that's very important. And um, I would say that's my number one, number one thing and see what, see what works. Yeah. I think that's probably the, the big idea to take away f- from this is how can you validate demand really affordably? It costs almost nothing to put up uh, a website these days. And as long as you do it right, you you know, the branding, positioning, the 
you know, just I filled in the blanks on the Google or the GoDaddy website builder. And all of a sudden like, that was enough because it was that was, you know, there was so little competition doing that same thing. So, um, yeah, fascinating. I'm just I'm smiling and, and taking notes uh, along the way. It's like, shoot, what else? <laughs> what other website uh, could I spin up uh, around the same idea? And if you're thinking the same thing, I've got uh, my list of 25 other unconventional rental ideas. Maybe something in there will strike your fancy. I don't know if industrial equipment is on there. It might be. Uh, but these are other products that people are renting out for a profit. And that is your listener-only bonus for this week. You can download that for free at the show notes for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Lenny, or just follow the show notes link in the episode description. Big thanks to Lenny for sharing his insight. You can hit up sidehustlenation.com slash deals for all the latest offers from our sponsors in one place. And thank you for supporting the advertisers that support the show. It really does help. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, make sure to text a friend. Hey, we should totally start a business like this. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.